friends. Welcome back to the Field and Garden Podcast. It's your friend, Lisa Mason Ziegler, and thanks so much for joining me here today. Did you know that the Gardener's Workshop offers cut flower seeds? Our hand-picked selection includes only the varieties we grow in our own fields and gardens, and each pack is printed with our exclusive growing tips and insights. So visit us at thegardenersworkshop.com today. The Gardener's Workshop, turning all thumbs green. I've been kind of talking about this subject now. It's January when I'm recording this, and it's the dead of winter for some people, um, and people are so afraid with their cool season hardy annuals um, that they fall planted. Is not afraid. They are not afraid of cool and cold weather. It is us, but we have to give them what they need, and that's what I'm talking about today. So let's have a listen. Um, welcome, everybody. My name is Lisa Mason Ziegler, and welcome to the Flower Farmer Show. And I am joined here today by one of our team members, Jesse Graven. Our topic today is having faith in cool flowers. And this is my topic of the week, probably of the whole month of January, because I have so many folks reaching out, being scared for their plants and cold weather and we're just so i just thought this would just be a great topic and i just want to say front and center that growing cool flowers definitely has growing pains not for the flowers um, but for you what i really just want to suggest to everybody is the best growth in us happens through pain and hard lessons. So if you are suffering from some problem with cool flowers, which I may or may not reference here today, just know to make, I mean, all of our mistakes or uh, wrong choices, you make the most out of them. And that means to learn from them. And that's where, how it kind of happened for me. So I just don't want anybody to be discouraged and um, so let's just talk about that so many people right now are really learning some very valuable lessons, right? I mean, I'm getting just loads of DMs, the office is getting emails of people that just aren't sure about what they've done. They're just unsure, basically, right? And I will say to you that when you nail it with cool flowers, meaning you got them in at the right time, um, the right place, in the right state, and you're growing them for your winter hardiness zone, you are not going to believe how carefree and beautifully they do. But that is not always the case. We sometimes um, hiccup or don't follow the, what the suggested rules are, which is perfectly fine. Um, but I really recommend in the beginning or when you're really getting your feet wet with cool flowers, which could take four or five years, to really try to follow the guidelines so that you do have more success. So I thought what I would share is when cool flowers are planted in their, as those things I just listed, you know, at the right place at the right time. And these things that kind of guide us with cool flowers, they do so beautifully, but it's when we don't always follow those guidelines and we all fall victim to this. Sometimes we don't even know we're doing something incorrectly. Other times we are just pushed to the limits and we have to make a, a poor choice. And it's when those times happen is when cool flowers can become vulnerable. There is guidelines and when we try our best to follow them, 
the results are really good and cool flowers can take down some storms y'all um, i will tell you before i go down my little list of what some of those things that make them vulnerable here in southeastern virginia you know we just kind of had a little storm and what we kind of have more here of than other people do is we tend to get cold temperatures with not a lot of snow um, you know, I'm looking for six inches of snow on my garden for full protection. That's would be like a marriage made in heaven, but that's not what usually happens as it happened this week. This week, um, the temperatures were going to plummet down into the low twenties and they were calling for snow, which meant I had to take my row covers down, right? We always take row covers down when snow is coming, but yet it's getting kind of cold and I have two or three varieties that I'm growing that are kind of on the edge of whether they are or aren't winter hardy. Um, so I feel your pain. I was out standing at my garden staring night before last. Do you take the covers down or do you leave them up? You know, you feel vulnerable both ways. So I totally and completely understand that. Um, so my problem is, is we get cold temperatures with the threat of snow, but then the snow doesn't often come through and our covers are down. So there's just a lot of, there's a lot of vulnerability involved in growing cool flowers, but I will tell you, you get stronger with each passion year and you figure it out. Even though the weather is very unpredictable now, you just kind of figure out which is the least damaging way to go. And for me, it would have been better to take my covers down, which I did, um, and risk some cold damage than leaving the covers up and having a lot of snow come and smothering my cool flowers if that would have, snow would have stuck around for a while. So let's talk about some of the things that make cool flowers vulnerable when we don't follow or aren't able to follow those guidelines. Um, hands down, I would say is wrong planting time. I mean, I get tons of messages from people saying, I didn't get my cool flowers planted. Don't you think that we could plant them late? Sure, you can plant them late. But what happens is when cool flowers that you're fall planting, particularly, this is really true for, when they go into winter without their best game face on, that's when you start to have troubles. And improper planting times, and that can go either way, that can mean planting too early and getting really large plants that make them more vulnerable to winter damage or planting really late, which means they perhaps don't have quite the root system that's very well established to face the cold or they don't get a little bit of um, top growth, a little, you know, what you want them to have to go through winter. So the wrong planting time um, is really paramount in my, in my book. Um, I try to get that part right um, and, and write it in stone on my calendar. When, when do I have to start seeds for to have the proper planting time? Or when do I have to order seeds to be able to direct seed at the proper time? And then making it a part of my workday when that date comes around. Another thing that I see people um, struggling with is sometimes we're just planting puny transplants um, for whatever reason um, that we really have to button up our game on growing healthy, um, strong transplants. Because if you plant a puny cool flower, it's different than planting warm season stuff. When we plant 
let's just say, you know, beginning of summer and you're planting warm season annuals. If you have a plant that looks a little, eh -eh, you know, you're not sure, it's really okay because those plants are going to be planted and they're going to hit the ground running to grow because it's the growing season. That's not true for cool flowers. They have to go through a lot of tough conditions to get over to the other side where spring is, right? So when we put them in puny or questionable, you know, my rule is if you have to look at the plant twice to think, oh, is that really a good one? Then it's not good enough. Um, and that's why we always start more seeds than we need plants. It's to allow for all of these practices. Here's another one that I often see is folks um, direct seeding when transplants are what are recommended or vice versa. Um, I often find that people choose to plant any flower or plant, not just cool flowers. They choose, tend to choose their personal preferred method over what is the best method to end up with the best plant in the garden. Um, and so a lot of times that's due to lack of education um, or just not realizing that that's even an issue. But every plant, when I say a preferred method to start, it just means it's easier and more successful, which is what 99% of people want. There is the person that doesn't mind a challenge, but um, I will tell you as a commercial grower, that should not be you. That's a waste of, a, that's a gamble. Um, that you just don't need to take. So figuring out which way it needs to go is really, really important. And here is another one. There's so many good ones, y'all. I mean, there's just so many reasons that cool flowers may suffer or even you may lose them, but they almost all fall into these categories. The next one is fall planting a cool flower that's not in fact winter hardy in your zone and then you're not taking extraordinary measures, um, which I don't recommend anybody do that until you are a very seasoned grower. Um, there's too many cool flowers um, that are easier to do than to go through that. And what I mean is somebody, let's just take, for instance, um, dill and straw flowers are both cool flowers that are like Sometimes they survive in zone seven, sometimes they don't, but they're pretty reliable in zone eight. And so if you live in zone seven, um, you have to know that you better give those, that dill, everything it needs to be the healthiest, the most established, um, the perfect size as it goes into winter, or you're really gonna lose them. Um, so fall planting, dill is okay if you know the risk, but if you aren't aware of it and don't take some steps to kind of give it a little ump up because of that it's not winter hardy in your zone and you lose it, you kind of beat yourself up over it, but the writing is on the wall, y'all. So fall planting, only what is winter hardy in your winter hardiness zone is, you know, step one in being successful with overwintering cool flowers. Another one, particularly if you have a wet winter, um, and this is really, I mean, it's true for everybody, but those of us like me that, I mean, here in Southeastern Virginia, we just get so much monsoon rain anymore. It's like it won't rain for 10 or 12 days, and then all of a sudden, you know, inches come all at one time. 
Planting cool flowers in areas that have excellent drainage is really, really key. They succumb to wet feet problems, whether it's disease or just simply drowning, um, because cool weather gardening and farming, um, the soil is not drying out naturally like it does in the heat of summer. It's cool and cold, so you can't depend on that part of a drying out process. You really have to have great drainage. And a lot of cool flowers are super susceptible. You know, sweet peas, I mean, I could list them all actually, but stuff just really needs to be in an area, the very best draining area that you have in your garden um, or on your farm. And then I'll tell you this from firsthand, you know, here this time of the year at the gardener's workshop, I'm at the fulfillment center today, right? And, you know, we're just piled high with orders from over at the holidays. And it's, you know, we're going into the busy, this is the busiest month of the year, January is. And, you know, people or don't have enough row covers on hand. They don't have enough row covers for the amount of cool flowers that they've planted. And then a weather event is coming and they order. And we know this because they're like begging us to please, you know, push their order forward. But that is kind of a basic rule with me is I want to have at least enough row cover to cover my entire cool flower garden in the event. You know, I mean, I'm in zone eight. If I'm planting stuff that, you know, is are, are really important crops, let's just say that. Um, I can remember one year we were dropping down to single digits for just a couple days at night. This was a couple years ago. And I had the most gorgeous stand of Bells of Ireland seedlings. Um, we direct seed them in the fall. You know, they were, I mean, I had a whole 120 foot bed. It was amazing. I was terrified I was going to lose them. Um, and I was just so grateful that I had enough row cover, not to just cover them once, but I actually double and even triple covered part of the bed where I had enough to do that for those couple of nights. Not having your security blanket after you've grown really great crops is really, really a problem. So it is just really following some general guidelines and trying to stay between the lines, at least while you're getting your feet wet, right, is really um, what my recommendation is to people. And cool flowers, in spite of us, typically takes the cold like a champ unless we've made them vulnerable in whatever way that is. Jesse, do you have anybody, do you have anything on the back channel, Jesse? I have one from Sue. She says, should I be worried that some of my cool flowers are starting to bloom? That is just such a really great question because we get that really often. Some, sometimes that happens. And my rule of thumb is this, the way that I handle early blooming for whatever reason. So here's the consideration that I think of when I see that happen. Are we really heading into deep winter finally? I mean, I know we can still have warm days, but if we're through this windows of these warm runs of days, then I, in fact, will, if we're in winter, I'll go ahead and just take that stem off just like I was cutting it for a cut flower, just getting rid of it. But if we're still experiencing warm days and there's more warmer weather than I think we're supposed to be having in, in the two-week forecast, I just leave it. Because when you pinch, that sends the signal 
to the plant to send up more stems. And we really don't want to do that. We want the cold weather to really put cool flowers into dormancy for that brief period of time. So if it's finally gotten cold where you are, but there's a few plants that have blooms on them, you know, really you could go either way. You could leave them or you could cut them. But if you're still experiencing warm weather, I would leave it because you do not want to encourage more stems to grow. Hi. Hi, Hi Carol. Thanks for coming Hi. up and asking. I'm so excited. <laughs> I've listened to you on your replays and this is the first time I've caught you live. I am in South Georgia zone 8B and I missed my window to plant my bupleurum last fall. But I'm looking at the back of the seed package and it says it will germinate at 55 to 60 degrees Fahrenheit. And my soil temperature is staying at 60 right now. So I wondered if I could risk direct sowing the bupleurum since it is the suggested best way to do it, or would you wait? That is such a great question, Carol. And you know, you did your homework and I would say because of where you are and how warm it is, I would definitely try direct sowing some. The thing to keep in mind about bupleurum is bupleurum is a really slow germinator and it will be even slower if the conditions are a little cooler than what it really wants. And when it does first sprout, they are the thinnest, tiniest little seedlings, as well as they are often burgundy-ish in color. So you really can't see them. So you'll really have to keep your eyes peeled. But I would definitely give that a try because bupleurum is definitely one of those that will germinate at cooler temps. And because you're not in a deep freeze like the rest of us, um, then I would definitely go for it. Hi, Sherry. Do you have a question? Hi, Lisa. Yes, this is my first year using um, hoops and row covers. I'm in zone 6A in Rhode Island, and we're supposed to get snow on Friday. And I'm just confused whether I put the row cover back over it once it snows or I leave them off. That is a really great, great question that I hear that a lot from folks, and I understand completely your confusion. Um, so once you put the covers down and the snow comes, you're not going to even attempt to put the row covers back up until the snow is melted. Not only would it be physically impossible because the row covers will be frozen and stuck together, but the snow literally is a better insulator than those row covers could have ever provided. So they're actually like a warm blanket on your plants. Um, so until the, and actually I just went out, um, I actually, it's so funny, even last night um, I walked out to my garden at dusk when my husband said it's going to be in the i'm not sure if it was last night or the night before it's going to be in the low 20s and i, I knew my covers were down because we had just had snow and I, he, I said, I'm going to run out there and put my covers up on just a few areas of the garden. He said, okay. I went out there and I thought, what was I thinking? I mean, they're frozen solid. <laughs> so the choice has been made for you. You won't be putting them back up until the snow is pretty much gone. I have uh, from Christy. Uh, she's in uh, zone 7B, North Carolina. Uh, she says, my rows are prepared. Can I go ahead and plant out my winter hardy cool flower seedlings at the beginning of February, at the beginning of February, or is it necessary in my zone to wait until February 14th? Also, she says, is there a cool weather seedling that you would say absolutely don't try to grow in very early spring in my zone 7B? Um, all good questions. And 
your window of when to plant is really based on your frost dates, not your zone. Your zone only tells you your winter hardiness zone, whether or not you can fall plant. That's really all your zone is really not, um, needed for. Um, so the planting dates of when you would do fall planting or very early spring planting is definitely works from your frost date. And so you just want to work back six to eight weeks from your last spring frost, your historic last spring frost, and mark your calendar. And that's your optimal window of planting. And I will say, you know, if your beds are all prepared, you know, if you have a window of opportunity a week before your eight weeks and you have hoops and row covers, if you needed, I would say plant early. You know, I would I'm all about getting stuff in earlier than later um, because depending on our spring, sometimes where I am, we go straight from winter right into hot, humid weather. We don't have those cooler days and nights like what spring is really like really where um you know 7b i don't know what your summers are like what i think about when i'm deciding whether or not i'm going to very early spring a crop plant a crop especially if i'm not familiar with it yet you know we're always adding i'm discovering plants that are cool season hardy annuals that i wasn't aware of right is i think of did i struggle to get good stem length if you plant like bells of ireland is one i would never very early spring plant because it will just be 10 inches tall when i do that because it barely gets sprouted i mean up and growing before the heat comes and we either lose it to you know bacteria spots or it's just too short um, so that is my key is whether if it's a disease pest predisposed plant i try not to do very early spring and if it's if I struggle to get good stem length, that's another one that makes it an iffy candidate for whether I plant it in very early spring. You know, I mean, it just really depends on it's like if she's in the mountainous areas, I would plant everything. But if you get an early heat, humidity, weather early in the spring, you know, I wouldn't do snaps. Snaps are the one crop that the excellent performance, abundance and stem length and size of fall planted snaps it doesn't matter how many times I, I mean we plant a ton in the fall and then i've often would think i'll plant more in very early spring the very early spring planting underperforms the fall planted every year it falls victim to rust they aren't as tall they aren't as abundant so again what i say doesn't work for me may not in fact work for you i say do little tests do small plantings of you know that's what i did is i planted everything for many years in fall and very early spring and some stuff it just wasn't worth it we just didn't need it um, and that's what i would recommend to people to do i have one from autumn and autumn says if i didn't direct seed queen anne's lace in fall should i sow it indoors in january or if i have a bed prepared can i direct seed in january so if you're speaking of the real dawkus variety of um false queen anne's lace or the ami magus which is the white um, version of what looks like queen anne's lace both of those, I've done both think both of what you've just mentioned, Autumn. Um, and depending on my weather outdoors, I have had pretty okay 
um, results, direct seeding it in very early spring. But the problem is if it stays too chilly for too long, the seeds just sit there and they don't sprout until, you know, just a few, a couple, three, week, four weeks before last frost and you kind of lose that. So I would say for me is I would start them indoors. And the secret about getting great germination on Ami Magus and Dawkus that I have found starting them indoors, and we of course start them in soil blocks, is we place them on the seedling heat mat for only 24 hours to just warm the soil and warm that seed for that short period of time. Then we take them off the heat mat and just set them on a shelf in that grow room, which is at about 65 degree air temperature, and just water them like you do everything else in the room. And I'm telling you, we get almost 100% germination. It takes about seven to 10 days for it to happen, but I would definitely probably do that over sowing them outdoors. Okay, thanks. Um, so then I have one from Melanie. She's asking about, she's in central Virginia, and uh, she says the snow's gonna be gone soon that came recently. And she says that they have a week of temperatures in the upper teens and low 20s coming. And she's wondering if she needs to double cover for Bells of Ireland, Snaps, and Ami and Blue Perm. So Ami Magus, tell me again what she's got planned. Snaps and Blue Perm, I think would probably be all right. Although, you know, we, we cover our plants not for winter cold protection as much as just general good health. Um, what was the other thing she said? Ami and something else. Yeah, Bell's Violin snaps. Bell's. And Blue, and Blue Plurum and Bachelor Buttons, but I think Bachelor Buttons are okay. Yeah. Um, so of those, the Bachelor Buttons, the snaps, and the Blue Plurum um, are super cold hardy in, I think you're probably zone seven um, in central Virginia. Um, so I do have uh, another question here from Stephanie. She says, are there any references for what each seedling looks like as they emerge? I planted in roses, you suggested, but deer ran through, and now I don't know which are weeds and which are flowers. Yeah, that um, that is just so annoying. And we have deer walk through our garden, too. Um, so the, the, the 30 cool flowers that are in cool flower, the book cool flowers, um, does have images on most of them, I believe. And that is something that I am working on. Just can't believe how hard it is to kind of do that. Other than just putting that into a search engine, the specific name of what you're wondering about and seedling, um, and then hit on the search bar, it normally will say all or images or shop, hit images, and it'll just bring up tons of images. And um, But there is some in Cool Flowers. That's a great idea. I've actually done that myself, looked up uh, what seedlings look like just from the Google search of images. So one more question on here, it looks like uh, from Janet. She says, is it too early to start Rudbeckia seeds for zone 5B6A to plant in early spring? My frost date is end of May. Okay, so that's a great question. So end of May, end of April, end of March. So the end of March would be the, when you would be targeting to plant those. And Rudbeckia is one of those slow growers. We were, I was just, I don't know where I was commenting on this. Um, Rudbeckia is just a slow poke. And so we, that is actually the first cool flower we start in the fall, the seed, further in advance of all the others. So I would say to you that you would probably, so if you're planting the end of March, 
I don't know if you're soil blocking or in, I can't comment on a cell tray, but I would give eight weeks in a soil block for sure and just give it the conditions it wants. You know, those cooler, cool, warm, 65 to 70, bright, good grow light, and they'll do beautifully, but they're painful. It's painful to watch because <laughs> it's so slow. Well, she Janet also asked uh, as an unrelated question. She's wondering if a thicker row cover like one she cannot see through uh, would provide more protection than one she could see through. Okay, so good question again. And they're, the reason that I use the lightest weight, and they actually call it often, and we call it floating row cover. It's light enough that it does have some uses without hoops. The reason I choose to go with the lightest weight is, first off, I only want one weight of row cover on my farm because you can't believe how easy it is to get them mixed up. And when you get a heavier cloth, um, it blocks more light um, and it doesn't allow water. So the, the, the Ag 19, which is what we use in cell, allows 85% of light and water penetration. And that's why we can leave it up all winter um, and our plants do beautifully. If you use a heavier cloth, you have to know that you're going to have to perhaps monitor and help with watering potentially because water may not penetrate it as much. And the light factor is another real big problem of that. So for me, um, it just made better sense to use lightweight row covers. And in the instances that I did need a heavier cover, which was not nearly as frequently as I needed a lighter cover, I would just double them. I just appreciate everybody joining us here. And, you know, I, something that's just been running around in my mind, because um, I apply it to myself even in business today, slowly is the fastest way to get where you want to be. And that just means that I know that everybody wants to be successful super quick and have a great crop right out of the gate, but it just doesn't happen like that, folks. I mean, you have to, you know, hit potholes and, run over the speed bump and drag the bottom of the car and all of those things that we all wished and hoped that we could, you know, get it perfectly right. But I promise that once you hit it right with one cool flower and it just does beautifully and you it's the one that you actually ignored, you know, but you figured out for your region, for your winter hardiness zone, what grows best for you. Those are the flowers that I gravitated to. I am not looking for a struggle at all. That's why for me, it seems pretty simple to say, all right, what does it need? Give me the ABCs. All right, I'll do that. And if they fail, I'll try three times. That's my number. I'll try something. I'll grow something for three years in a row. And if it's not coming out smelling like a rose at the end, it gets off my list. And so not everything grows great for everybody. Just remember that, you know, good growth happens through pain and hard lessons. And there's just no more painful time for people than right now, y'all. You just can't believe the messages that I'm getting over people that are just really, just let it go. What you need to think about now is what can I do to be a better cool flower grower next time. And I'm telling you, writing on that calendar to have your seeds at the proper time, to start transplants at the proper time, to have seeds 
to direct so at the proper time is the best thing you can do moving forward. So Jesse, I really appreciate you joining me here today. It's my pleasure as always. Thanks everyone. Have a great day. Yep. Thank you everybody. See you again soon. Ciao. All right, friends. I hope this kind of inspired you. If you are in the ditches right now with cool flowers, meaning you've, you know, made some wrong choices or you're having a lot of troubles, make the most of your troubles. Make them a learning experience. Figure out what you did right or wrong. Figure out when are you supposed to plant. Should it be planted in the fall where you are? Is it winter hardy? Build your little, your personalized custom little data bank for your area for cool flowers. And then get it on your calendar. When should you order seeds so you can start seeds on time, so you can direct seed on time? And so you know which way you're supposed to plant them. Are you supposed to direct seed them or transplant them? Make the most out of what you're doing. Cool flowers are awesome, but there is definitely a learning curve. So do not be upset with yourself or hard on yourself. It'll come, friends. If you um, would like to learn about even more resources, if you visit my blog over at thegardenersworkshop.com, go to the Learning Center, go to the Field and Garden blog, and then go to the Cool Flower category, that, my friends, is where you will find a lot of resources that can help you out. Till we meet again, ciao.